0: Hi, everybody! Hi, everyone! I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Dead Time Stories!
1: Stories. A twice-monthly podcast where Sarah and I get together to talk about ghost stories, true crime, mysteries, cults, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, or even just the generally
0: weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about that week. Why is it, Sarah? Because it's our show and not yours! Welcome back, Sarah. Welcome back. It feels good to be back. It does feel
1: good to be back. We're, we're feeling it out. We're, we're, you know, regaining our sea legs.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's a little wobbly. Just a smidge. I already fell down twice, but it's okay. Today or like just during recording? Both. Oh. <laughs> I guess that would be four times. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: That would be four times, I guess, then, I, unless you were just counting. I mean, it's all of the above. It was twice while recording, but that was also today. But you're saying now four times.
0: Now four times. It, it, the longer we record, the more it's probably going to happen. What's new, Sarah? Tell the people about your show. It's opening weekend, isn't it? It sure is. So as of recording, which we're recording this on Thursday, tomorrow night is opening night. Opening night. It's opening Which will have passed night. by the time that this comes out. But it's still but. open. It is still open, when this comes out on Sunday we will have just wrapped our opening weekend and we have two more weekends that you can come and see the show if you're located in the Philadelphia area. It is called Boy Gets Girl, huh, I'm the girl. And it's at StageCrafters Theater in Chestnut Hill, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's a good time, it's a weird time, it's a slightly scary time, and I hope anyone who's around that can see it is able to see it. Josh Hawkins is also in it. He sure is. You know him as
1: Dusty Coffers.
0: And also as Josh. You might remember him from such roles as Dusty Coffers. <laughs> uh, loved him. I know. Loved him in that. Loved that role. So yeah, Josh is in it. And um, that's what I have going on right now. Love that. Stephanie, how are you feeling? What do you want to update the people on? Uh, I'm not doing much, but that's on purpose. That's my yeah. design.
1: And I'm we love stuff that. stuff at my house. Um, I'm trying to do stuff on Twitch. Ooh. Mostly, uh, coloring and coloring books. But I also bought myself a Nintendo Switch for Christmas. Have been really into cozy games. I just finished... To say finished, I finished Stardew Valley. But you don't really finish Stardew Valley. Like, you can play it indefinitely. But I finished the Community Center and... And I redid my grandpa's evaluation, and his ghost told me that he was proud of him, and I was a better farmer than he ever was. And I helped Willie repair his boat to go to the island, but I haven't gone to the island yet.
0: Okay, okay. So So that's what I've been up to. So the journey is still happening. The journey's still happening. So there's still so much to do.
1: It's a lovely game. Uh, A steal at twice the price. It's like $15, and it's worth way more than that. Like, I've put in more than 90 hours into this game. Oh, my God. Like, it's really great. And um, I thought I was going to marry Harvey, who's a doctor, and he looks like Charlie. But I really hit it off with Emily, who has blue hair, and she likes crystals. And Val is really going for Leia, who looks like you, in my personal opinion. And she's an artist. <laughs> I, you know, I went for Leia, and she was cute, and she made me a statue, but, like, I don't know. We just, you know, it wasn't romantic between us. But Emily kept talking about how, like, she was having dreams about me, and, like, we were meant to cross each other's paths, and she loves crystals, and I was like, (laughs) Emily, it's you and me, girl. Emily, you're the one. Let's go. Oh, my God. And while I'm not going to do it today, I could spend a whole episode talking about Stardew Valley and all the drama. Uh, And how much fun it is. And Abigail, who smells bad and eats rocks. But, like, we're
0: not going into all that right now. This is insane. It's... You... You... We just got back from being in another world, and now you've just put yourself into another world. Into another another world. world. What
1: can I say? I really like an immersive
0: experience. (laughs) I know. But soon I'm hoping to
1: eventually, like, play some of my Switch games on Twitch. I think that'll be really cool. That's cool. Um, I'm not there yet, but... We also... We learned that our warehouse location is not moving for at least another year and a half. So we're looking at places in like the East Fallsy kind of area, fingers crossed. That means she's gonna be closer to me. That is what that means. Also, I ate at Enriva yesterday. It's good uh, with Natasha. It's Oh my God! There we ordered four things and not a dud on the yep. on the table. It was you all know, good.
0: They got destroyed during the flood and they of they did. They're right next to the Recently got rebuilt. Yes, so good. And the cocktails are good. And they have a dog friendly area on their patio. Yeah. Um.
1: The whipped ricotta. Oh, my God. It's so good. With roasted onions and crispy shallots. I know. I get and it then every time. we had gotten like a meat and cheese plate that they gave us honey with. And we were pouring honey on the on the whipped ricotta.
0: Oh. It was done. It was so good. Oh, mm. oh. Uh, I'm well, hungry. all of the people in Philadelphia will love this. Uh, But in Riva, they also own the Black Squirrel, which is up the street on Malvern and Ridge it's where East Falls Taproom used to be and it's like a little English pub their food is so good the atmosphere, adorable no
1: hate to all of our wonderful wonderful British listeners but amazing food and British pub are not two
0: things that I normally associate with one another go online and look at their website, go to their Instagram and look at their vibe and what they have going on and their menu changes, I highly recommend. Okay. Really good well, times. So that's why, we're you back, know, y'all. When you're in Philly, it's our show and not yours. And
1: not yours. I want to talk about food. I want to get food. I want to make a dinner date with you again soon. We haven't done – we haven't – we've had, like, food together after work one time since I started working I here where you live. It's because you need to move up here. Well, <laughs> until that happens – We need to plan another like friend date soon. Let's do it. That is where I'm really spending my time away from performing TBH is I'm trying. I'm just having more like friend dates.
0: I think that's really great. I am honestly, I'm very excited about this show. I'm very proud of the work that I've done, but I'm also very ready for it to be over so that I can spend my time elsewhere in other relationships that aren't fictional on stage. And work on your house, man don't get me started that's stressful that's scary girl hey sarah hey stephanie hey r.i.p oh. can we talk about that we because never that addressed it in our hiatus it sure did so many people reached out to us and for that Y'all. we are so thankful so thankful that you thought what, uh, of us. But uh, what our ride
1: has in with the late and great, wonderful Leslie Jordan. We were a big fan, even Huge. at the start of this show. We've always ha- said our, our like opening and homage to Leslie. We love Leslie. We have the cameo from Leslie, yes. and uh, Leslie that we got for the 100th Earth episode. Yes, like we love Leslie. And in our hiatus, if you had not heard. Uh, our lovely, wonderful Leslie Jordan actually tragically passed away in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And we are, you know, very sad. We're big fans of Leslie. Um, and I can't believe, like, in thinking about this as we're about to go into our episode, we're saying this. This is the first time we're doing this together since Leslie passed. I know. So I want everybody, we're going to take just a very brief moment of silence. For Leslie Jordan, and then we're going to give our intro, and we're going to move into our episode, and uh, this one is for Leslie, so R.I.P. Well, shit.
0: Hey, Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, hey Leslie. Leslie. Y'all, Y'all ready, ready to talk, talk about, about some, ghosts? some ghosts? Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? It's almost like now we're talking to a ghost with leslie that's what i was thinking
1: it's just like that he's he's with us now he's always with us he always will be with us
0: well i got a ghost story and it's not about leslie so on to the next thing ready sarah (laughs) uh getting back to our roots it's gonna be a nice short sweet small town folklore ghost story Taking you I'm to ready. Overton, Missouri, or Missouri, as some people in parts of Missouri would say. Some of them do. Some and of them do, and then like, the am others I supposed to say it like that. No, but then other people from Missouri are like, "We don't actually say it that way," and or they like get the offended. People
1: who call Oregon like Oregon.
0: Yeah, that's weird.
1: And I'm like, I don't think that's right.
0: But I'm I'm not from there, so I'm I can't. I'm not from
1: There, so you know who am I? I don't know. Sorry. Go ahead and talk about Missouri, though.
0: We're going to say Missouri, because we're not from there. Overton, Missouri, taking us back to an unknown year. I don't know. It's folklore. An old couple hosts a bed and breakfast. People from the town, people passing through the town come. They stay with them. They're not exactly making a lot of money. They're not doing well. Until one day, a gentleman comes through, and they notice that he has bags of silver and gold coins on him. So they decide to do what any logical American, God-fearing American would do. They murder him, dump his body in the river and And steal his his money. money. Duh. Duh. (laughs) Is this America or is this America? I mean I'm pretty sure it's America. I don't know how more middle America you really Oh, I'm sorry, I thought this is America. I'm sorry, I thought this is America. So true to their white nationalist roots, they murdered him and took his money and dumped his body in the river. And the townsfolk were all just like, oh man, they've suddenly really come on good times. They're fixing up their house. They seem to be doing well for themselves. Was anybody like that suspicious? If they were, they kept it to themselves. And so for the last few years, or for a few years afterward, they just went on about their now very well uh, monetized life. Until the wife got sick one day.
1: She's oh, no. laying on her bed. I didn't
0: have enough. She's not feeling great, and she knows she's gonna die. And in her dying moment, she grabs her husband. She pulls him down, and she does what most women would do, and she says, "Don't ever marry someone else." I <laughs> knew <laughs> that's what you were gonna say. I
1: knew it. She's I like, want Just you to, don't, don't ever. And he's like, what? what? I don't understand you, honey. What is it? Don't, don't you ever. fucking ever marry. You.
0: I'm sorry, what? You want me to fall in love again? Oh, fall no! In love again. <laughs> like with the dying breath. Just like, look me in the eyes. Look me in the eyes. Don't you ever fucking marry somebody else. I want you to die alone. <laughs> so I'll be waiting for you. <laughs> So, uh, like all good husbands, he, of course, says, I promise. And then she's in the ground. And then he's off. Sure, And sure, he sure. apparently goes a few cities over and he comes back with a much younger woman that he's going to marry. I bet his first wife's ghost didn't like that. I don't think she did. He marries the girl. And on the way back to their house, in their carriage... All the townsfolk are out and they're just like messing with them, giving him like a, ooh, get it, ear, oh, blah, 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 look at that. And they're just rallying all around them, making a whole little mess of things. So when the carriage drops the newlywed couple off at their home, the new bride just runs inside to get away from the crowd. And the older gentleman steps out of the carriage and starts telling the crowd to like, fuck off. Sure. And as the other carriage pulls away, off in the distance, a separate carriage begins to pull up. The separate carriage is solid black and drawn by two black horses. They is say there the, a ghost inside? They say the carriage pulls right up to the front of the house, right next to the man. The door swings open and on the inside is the ghostly apparition of his first wife. they say the man just quietly got his ass in the car closed the door and the carriage drove off and they never saw him again
1: so did his second wife get uh, all that money or whatever
0: I mean no one cares about her it's not about her it's not her story Okay, it's the carriage's story because that's what continues to be seen to this day. Oh, it was just the carriage. Is the carriage. Yep. No one ever opens the door. No one comes in or goes out, but they see the carriage. The Black Carriage of Overton, as it's called. And they, they say said, If
1: this carriage comes a rockin', don't come a knockin'. To a degree. There's ghosts inside. There's
0: ghosts inside, and it means you're gonna die. <laughs> so be careful. If you see the black carriage of Overton while you're in Overton, of course. um,
1: (laughs) Because that's where it is. That's where it is. If
0: it's somewhere else, that's not the same one. It's probably fine. But it is said to be a bad omen. In Overton. If you're in Overton, Missouri only. Anywhere else doesn't count. Okay. Is that your first story? That's my only story. (laughs) (laughs) That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Number two, let's go. Let's go. No, um, yeah, that's it. It's just an old folklore. I that's really seemed to have been passed down through verbal stories, and um, yeah, I just think it's really silly. If it really okay. happened, like ooh, but they also killed that guy, so ugh, everybody sucks here. <laughs> it's fair. So that's my story. And then that
1: new girl, she just got, you know, a house and a fortune or whatever. She got married. She didn't even have to consummate it.
0: It's not her fault. Yeah.
1: He just got in another carriage and left her there. And she's like, I guess. I'll take this house. It's fine.
0: She's like, well, that was a freebie. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Good for her. That was a freebie. Stephanie, what are you talking about? Oh, I
1: thought you had a second guest story.
0: No, I said that's my only story. I wasn't kidding. That was a real... That wasn't a joke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I actually have two updates about stories that I covered previously. And I'm going to do like a little reminder of what the story was about each one. Okay. So the first one is one that I talked about very, very early on in our podcast. It was episode 18, Get Off My John. J-A-W-N, of course. I'm so clever. I'm so clever. (laughs) So in that episode, I talked about who was formerly known as the boy in the box of Philadelphia, also sometimes known as America's unknown child. So he was a young boy around the age of four years old who was found in a box on February 25th, 1957, off of Susquehanna Road in Philadelphia. And... You know, trigger warning, this is a child whose body they found. But he was found bruised, badly beaten, and he died of blunt force trauma. But they could not find any trace of any sort of identity of this boy. They could not figure out where he was from, who he belonged to. There were all these theories that, you know... He was like born out of wedlock and kind of hidden because he was never reported missing or anything. He didn't match the description of any existing child in the system. So for over 60 years, this has been an unsolved case that every now and then, brings more like attention to it and tries to get reopened. His body was exhumed in 1998 so that they could take a tooth and do some DNA testing. Now, mind you, this was over 20 years ago and DNA was not then what it is now. Oof, but yeah. the case was reexamined again, starting in 2019, they were running DNA testing. And as of December of 2022, so just two months ago, the police of Philadelphia announced that they had discovered the identity of the boy in the box. So his name, they have identified him as Joseph Augustus Zarelli. And Zarelli is believed to be a boy that was born out of wedlock to two people who have since passed away, so there's no interviewing them. But their names were Augustus J. Zarelli, who went by Gus, and Mary Elizabeth Abel Plunkett, who went by the name of Betsy. Both of them have passed away since the case happened, so there's no investigating with him, um, with them, with either of the parents, the mom or the dad. But basically through DNA testing and the use of genealogy sites like Ancestry.com and 23andMe, there's a lot more access to DNA evidence like this. This is how they were able to find the a Golden State Killer a few years ago through DNA tests like this. Whether that's good or bad or how you feel about it, we won't necessarily get into it. But this data has now opened up and made access available to so many cases that were previously unsolvable, both finding people who committed these crimes, but also to help exonerate people who were maybe found guilty who did not commit these crimes.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But now the boy in the box is no longer known as the boy in the box. He is Joseph Augustus Zarelli, and he now has a tombstone with his name on it.
0: He previously
1: had a tombstone that just said America's Unknown Child, and that has been his name for over 60 years. No more. Um, The Zarelli family, I will say... Mind you, this happened so long ago, and, like, and both of those parents are dead, but people have contacted the Zarelli family on, like, Instagram, Mm. like, younger people, and been really horrible to them, as if, you know, people... In their, anybody who was born in the last, I don't know, 65 years, as if yeah. they could have any memory of what happened when it happened before they were born, but people have harassed the Zarellis. That is completely unnecessary. I am not recommending you do that in any capacity. No. They are just learning about this like horrible history in their family. They have so many questions that they can't answer, and they are mourning this family member that they never knew. So, um, don't harass them, obviously, but It's fascinating to know that there's finally a name to this boy. However, the case has not been solved just because he has been identified.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I read, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I read an article that theorized that, yes, the child was born out of wedlock and then probably put up for adoption and then in some other household is where... It's possible that he was put into foster care, right? But they
1: don't have any records of him. They have a birth record, and that's it. They don't have anything about where he lived. There were guesses about, like, the neighborhood. Like, there's an area where there's a foster home in the area. But there's no record of him being in a foster home. And that foster home that they were investigating, all of the... Basically, they were able to track all of the kids that had ever come through. There were no kids that were, like uncalled for, where they could never figure out, like, what happened to such and such kid. They were able to trace all the children that came through that foster home. Hmm. Weird. It is weird, man. Speaking of weird... Oh? There's another unidentified body that I talked about in episode 134. It's summertime somewhere. <laughs> this is where I talked about the unknown identity of the mysterious Somerton Man, so the Somerton man, <laughs> he was found uh, December 1st, 1948 on a beach near Somerton Park, which is a suburb of Adelaide, South Australia. And there were all sorts of questions about him. He was very well dressed, but he had no identification, no wallet, nothing like that on his body. But there was a scrap of paper that had been sewn into his pants that was pulled from a book called The Ruby Yacht, which is like a book all about death. Um, and it was authored by a 12th century poet named Omar Khayyam. So there was, like, a piece of that book, like, ripped out and sewn into his pants. And they found that book in a car, like, on the beach. But they couldn't figure out who the car belonged to. And they couldn't figure out who this guy was. There were all these theories. One of them was that, like, he was a spy from Russia. Mm-hmm. And, like, this was a mob hit. There were all <laughs> kinds of, like, crazy... Ideas. Um, But, as a matter of fact, not such a crazy idea. (laughs) Really? Uh, His body, found in Australia, he was an Australian man. And he was actually identified this past year, in 2022,
0: as Carl Webb. Oh, his name was Carl? Yes, Carl. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Like, boo, Carl. I just, maybe because of The Walking Dead, um, Carl. I, Carl. Yeah. That's basically, yeah. Mm. Just also so seems Carl's father, Richard August Webb, had immigrated to
1: Australia from Hamburg, Germany, and he married Eliza Amelia Morris Grace. They opened a bakery in Springvale, Victoria. So Carl, their son, his name was, uh, Charles Webb, but went by Carl He was born in Melbourne in uh, in 1905. He was the youngest of six children, Richard and Eliza, and he worked in the family bakery for the majority of his life. When the bakery closed, Carl retrained as an electric instrument maker. In 1941, he married Dorothy Doff Robertson, a pharmacist and chiropodist. The couple moved into a flat on Bromby Street in South Yarra. But they didn't have a great marriage. She said that Carl really didn't have any friends. He was kind of a loner. He was very predictable. He was in bed every night at 7 o'clock. He didn't have a lot of interest except for poetry, and he wrote a lot of poetry about death. Hmm. Seems like death was the thing that Carl thought about the most, and it was what he most wished for, unfortunately. Wow. But... Ultimately, it is believed that Carl took his own life by poisoning himself and then leaving his own body to be unidentified on the beach as it was found and not known who he was until 2022. And the mystery is really just he was a sad, lonely guy from Australia. He was not a Russian spy. He was just a lonely dude, and he... Poisoned himself and then didn't really want to be found. I mean, he wanted to be found, but he didn't
0: want to be identified. But he had a whole ass wife. You did. didn't notice that he went missing? So they got divorced and
1: they split up, and it was just like nobody really heard from him. Like he was like, I'm moving. And everybody was like, okay. And then they never heard from him again after he moved, but he and didn't then- move. He took his own life.
0: Wow. And they were just like, huh, wonder what happened to Carl? Yeah, basically. And now his like, he's he's had this whole entirely different narrative made up for him by people on the internet. It's true. That in and of itself is like kind of weirdly poetic, that like he was boring and sad and lonely, and then in his death, he like found a different life through people on the internet
1: he got to be mysterious yeah well now it's all stripped Instead away of predictable
0: sorry carl and those are my stories and i'm sticking to them Ooh, i did not know any of that about the Summerton man i anytime you mention the Summerton man the first thing that pops up in my head is the image
1: of just the guy's face
0: yeah and then i'm like wow that's just carl yeah
1: They found him, again, using genealogy and DNA testing, assisted by things like Ancestry.com. And that's how they were able to find his identity. And they traced it to a line of people who, like, all could be, you know, in that family. And basically they narrowed it down to Carl was the only one who didn't have a death. Like, they had a death for all the other people in that family line, like a death date. And they were like, Carl, nobody knows what ever happened to that guy. And they're like, you know what makes the most sense? That is That's Carl.
0: Jeez. Wow. Wild. Crazy. The end. Guy. Another quickie, man. You know what? We're easing ourselves back into it. We're getting
1: our sea legs. We're just getting back into it. Yeah. I'm happy with it. Yeah. I'm having a good time. I'm good. I'm happy. It's good. (laughs) Well, we'll see you all again in two weeks on the fourth Sunday of the month. Yes. And hopefully you go see Sarah's show. Is that Stage Crafters?
0: Yeah, come see it if you're in the area. I'd love to Boy see It's called Boy Gets you. Girl.
1: It's starring Sarah. Josh is in it. It's directed by Mary Angela Saavedra. What else do you need? What else do you need? Tell your friends to listen to our show, to be subscribed. We're here on, of course, Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, all the places where you can listen to podcasts. You should give us five stars. You should tell your friends. Please. And uh, you know, email us deadtimestories with a Z at gmail.com. Yeah, help us um help us find our way back. And help us find our way back
0: and um, you know, let us know if you've heard from Christina. Yeah, that's, uh, we didn't really mention it, um, but I don't, yeah, I mean, we just you know, haven't really a heard deal. from her, but yeah, w- we can get into that later. We're still just easing into it. We're we easing are. ourselves we back, so. That's yeah. fair.
1: But, you know, Christina, shoot us an email or something, or hit us up on Instagram. We miss you. Yeah, girl. Come
0: All on. right,
1: everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this has been... Dead time
0: stories.
1: Thanks for listening. Dead time stories is hosted by Sarah Headens and Stephanie C. Kernison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie
0: Slackman. On (laughs) a specified. There, it, oh yeah, there it is. I did a little bit. I think this is on. Hello, hello. Okay, oi. Hey guys, if you if you're getting this, I uh, just want to say missing you. You know, you guys want to come back, huh? You guys want to come back and get a little fun. You know, me and me and the K, we've been uh been doing pretty missionary, pretty bland. You know, Caucasian sex, and I, I want to spice it up a little bit, yeah. And you can't spice it up without you guys, you know, fiery little redhead. Your friend Steph. Yeah. You guys know. You guys know what it's all about, huh? Hmm. Yeah. It'd be really cool if you guys came back. We kind of miss you guys. The statues miss you guys. We all want to have a little dance off again. Oh, yeah. Christina's here. Bye.